they, they were driving in their car while we were supposed to be doing a group project, and they're like, oh, sorry, I had my camera off because I was driving. This is the Tea of FIT, a podcast by W27, the Fashion Institute of Technology's newspaper. I'm your host, Perna Chattery, and today I'm joined by three co-hosts. Hey, I'm Charlotte Spade. And I'm Lonnie Brown. And I'm Ethan Sawyer. Our listeners have already met me, Charlotte, and Lonnie. So Ethan, can you introduce yourself? Well, as said, my name is Ethan. Um, I'm an AMC major in my second semester at FIT, transferred from Jamestown Community College. And my relationship to the paper is everything. I've, I've tried editing, I've written articles for you guys, I've dabbled in parts of the podcast. It's good to be here. Back in March, FIT shut its classes down for what we thought was for one month. But that's when many other universities shut down for an unknown amount of time. Cases of coronavirus in New York have almost doubled. Colleges are continuing to cancel in-person classes. Now There are now 11 cases. Being a college located in New York, which was the epicenter of the pandemic at the time, the FIT administration put almost all classes online nearly overnight. And now, here we are. Nearly two semesters after going online, here are our experiences, along with some other students' submissions who want to share their stories. You'll be hearing our candid conversation with students and professors. We hope to create a dialogue between students and professors to improve online learning. What was your guys' reaction when classes were first canceled in March because of COVID-19? I was excited. I was like, okay, no class, that's fun. Um, And plus, I was being really passionate about them stopping classes because I realized kind of how crazy and out of the ordinary it was. So I was really pushing, you know, like social media, signing the petition, everything like that to, you know, get classes to stop. So because there was no, you know, we knew nothing. We still like don't really know that much. Yeah, I I feel like I was so irritated because it it felt like it had taken them forever. And I'm like, how are you not making a decision? Because I had roommates at the time um, that they went to the King's College in the financial district. And they had already like closing down, like saying like they're going to be online for the rest of the semester. And I in my head, I'm like, why isn't FIT being on the forefront of this and like closing down? Like, I feel like they're just setting like all these unrealistic expectations and I'm honestly nervous for the spring semester because I feel like they're going to tell us last minute again and I like got out of New York City so quick because I knew how bad it was going to be because I have some people who work in the medical field in my family so I like ski skirt out there with my brother in a car like on my way to Ohio. (laughs) I hated it. I I, uh, had taken a bit of an involuntary time away from school for the semester before, so I was super excited to get back into it. And I'm the kind of person that I, I need to I need to be constantly moving to be engaged in something. So it's really hard for me to do online classes. I've tried it before. It doesn't work at all. It's I mean, it's still not working. I'm getting A's, though. If you aren't a student learning remotely, you might be a little confused. Ethan said he doesn't like remote learning, but is getting A's. This is in part because some professors are cutting back the amount of assignments to ease the mental load many students are facing right now, but definitely not all. Yeah, I definitely hate online learning, though. I, I not for it at all. Like, I, w- I so wish that I was in one of my classes or like in person. Like every time I'm sitting in my online class or whatever, I like imagine what it would be like to be at FIT. It's sad. I hate that the teachers expect more. I'm, yeah, I'm on this drug bus. I'm sure we'll get into this more, but it's like, I saw this thing on 
like social media that was like, how are people expecting the same from us or even more when our world is like falling apart? Someone just assigned me like a 10 page paper. I'm just gonna be like crying the whole time. Charlotte is a senior, and what she's touching on about the added stress for upperclassmen rang true for Professor Neil Brownlee's students, too. Do people have more anxiety now? Uh, probably, but I think, you know what? I don't think it's so much. It has something to do. School has something to do with it. But it's all the uncertainty that's going on in the whole world. And you have, when you have, like, seniors now graduating, they're saying, well, what kind of job am I going to get? You know, am I going to have to get a job where I work remotely? So that's adding to it, the whole... It's just an uncertainty altogether, and I think it affects everybody. Professor Neil Brownlee has been an assistant professor in the Advertising, Marketing, and Communications Department at FIT since 2001, and he has been a copywriter for nearly 40 years. Now back to our student-led conversation. You see, I think I got lucky because all of my work is, is completely gone. Like all the, the major projects I had going on when I, when I was in FIT for at least the first month, I've maybe had two major projects. I have a few group projects I'm working on, or I'm not going to say anything about those because people listen to this podcast. 32 listeners. <laughs> the biggest um, chunk of my time nowadays is just spent organizing group projects. That's it. I mean, I don't have any essays because I'm, I'm taking copywriting and PR, which is all like stay within the page. So I don't have any major essays to take care of. I'm doing pretty good with schoolwork. I've got too much time on my hands. I'm gonna give you some of my schoolwork. Please do. I need I need something to do. My see the, my spring semester last semester, like all my professors were like, all right, psych, like bye you guys. Like I don't really care about you anymore. Like I sat for my computer like twice a week for classes and some projects here and there. But now it's just like full fledged. I'm like, am I gonna fail like my Spanish class? Because you're assigning me like five. She expects us five hours a week to do homework, and I'm like, what? You gotta go on Rate My Professors. I have so many bad reviews or Rate My Professor. I rant on there. As you should, let the people know. One thing I wanted to address was it's not necessarily the FIT administration's problem that they were so slow to address some issues because we are a part of the SUNY system. So they often wait to get that what the SUNY system is going to tell them. So sometimes it's out of their control. Going back to when we went online for spring, I had such a horror story with a group project. We signed up to be in partners before we went online. We go online. We still have to do the group project. While none of us are equipped to do this remotely, and this is in the first semester we're going remote, so we do this project, and I'm trying to communicate with my group. <laughs> I think two people in my group, they were friends with each other, and I didn't know anyone, and then the other person in our group, they didn't know anyone either. So I'm trying to communicate with my group, like, hey guys, our project's due in like two days, we should probably get started. And they don't respond to me. And then as more time passes, I just start, just start doing the project on my own. And finally, they do start contributing. I read it and I'm like, this sounds too good. Let me just put this in a plagiarism checker just in case. And I put it in a plagiarism checker and everything is plagiarized. Everything <gasps> this one person wrote is plagiarized. No way. And then I, I kindly say to them in a slightly, you know, annoyed tone over text. Hey, guys, can you I noticed that everything that you did, this one person did is plagiarized, but I didn't want to like say directly to this person. So I said, like, just make sure that none of you guys, like the other three group members, had accidentally plagiarized anything. Please go back and rephrase it. I highlighted everything that was plagiarized. Please just rephrase it. I feel like it's too much work on my end. And I feel like my group was just getting mad at me because I was asking them to rephrase stuff that was plagiarized. 
I would have emailed a professor. Are you kidding me? I had like one class called creative fashion presentations that like, but this was when it was in person. And I like talked to my professor every day. I was like, this is awful. Like this isn't going well. Like (laughs) Charlotte is pointing out one of the many key differences between in-person and remote learning. For many students, it's more difficult to have open communication with professors solely through the screen. Professor Mario Valero has been teaching in the New York metropolitan area for over 25 years eight of which have been in the FIT's Modern Language and Culture Department. For students struggling with online learning, here's his advice. There is one student in our course, by the way, who wrote to me and said, I, I, I'm pretty much in the way saying I cannot open my camera for, for eight circumstances. And I totally understand. And I never emailed him or text or emailed the, the instructor and tell the problem. And I totally understand. I think it's a minor issue that we're making it a big issue. Is it just the FIT group projects are notoriously bad? Yes. I feel like that's not true. I feel like everybody I've talked to is like, I hate all my group projects. They're all terrible and sucky and do. I feel like I actually had a very positive experience before that one group. All my group projects other than that one group were fine. I was going to ask you guys, do you think FIT gave us enough resources to be well equipped for remote learning in the spring? And what about for the fall? Um, absolutely not for the spring. Like I said, my professor's literally checked out. Um, For the fall, I'm going to say, I'm not sure. Like, I have some issues with some of my classes where it's like, I feel like I should have more access to telling somebody something if my classes are going really poorly or if, like, I'm having, like, problems, like, doing something or submitted something because it's like, you know, like with one of my professors, she's like, you should have like emailed me like this, this, and that, like you should have done this, this, and this. And I'm like, can't you be a little more lenient right now? And then like one of my other professors, like we have, we're using product, product life management, which is like this strange software for like, um, product development. And I feel like sometimes like I don't have like enough bandwidth to complete my homework because like that's something that we are all supposed to do together in a computer lab and I don't know sometimes I feel like I'm just being led blindly I don't know if that's how you guys feel but I'm just like hoping that I'm going to pass I like I am passing my classes but I don't know why I have this fear that I'm gonna have to fight one of my professors at the very end for one of my grades because like I did that last semester I don't know how you guys feel about that yeah, same. I definitely agree. And also, I was talking because I had a um, a chat with one of my professors because I couldn't get something in on time. And um, he told me that if you were like contact the counseling department and stuff like that, you can you know tell them if you're dealing with anything that's crazy or you don't even have to tell. You can just tell them that you know I'm dealing with something. I'm going through something you know family related or personally. And they will reach out to the professor for you to let them know that you're going through like a hard time. And, you know, that'll help the professor kind of either dial back your work or extend deadlines and that kind of thing, which I didn't know was available. So I use that. Yeah. So I I did that. And, you know, it helped so that I can have a few extra days to turn in a project. But they didn't have that resource in the spring, which was really hard yeah the spring semester it hit me pretty hard because I I I think I'm I'm a really hands-on learner and I have to be sitting somewhere like you know in a place 
so that I don't get distracted because I get very distracted easily. I had like distress because I had to move, like all of us had to move, but it was harder for, well, not, I won't say it was harder, but it was really hard for me because, you know, I was excited to, you know, move away from home and then I have to come back and then I have to do school from my bedroom and I'm oh, it's like kind of depressing. I remember like leaving when I had to move out and we're going through the Holland Tunnel and I'm like crying looking out the window. I felt like I was in a movie. Having a program that allows students to ask for extra help and leniency is something more students need to know about. Something professors should mention in class even. We'll have the contact information about this program in the show notes. But yeah, there's I think there's definitely a lot more resources um, now, even just in terms of having an online community, like the residential life, they have an RA community where they basically give you a virtual RA. And so they check up with you and you have like a small group that you can meet up with. And I think it's like once a month on Fridays. And I went to that like twice and it was nice to have, you know, a group of people that you don't normally talk to just through a Google meet. And I think that was fun. And there's more online activities and stuff like that. Cause I know the FIT community is a lot, means a lot to people. Is the RA only for people who were dorming though? Um, no, there was a chance they sent out an email to everyone and they were like, if you'd like to participate. I think it's also important to point out that during the, the spring semester, no one had any idea what was going on. So obviously there wouldn't be as many resources to give to students and everybody's moving their things online. They don't have access to all their computers and their technology and their usual systems. Given that context, I think the resources they gave were substantial enough. And I do feel like during the fall, they've they've updated to a point, at least some of my some of my professors are just, they shouldn't be professors. But the ones that are trying and the ones that are actually like adapting well um, have given me more resources I could, than I could have even asked for. We asked the same question about FIT providing resources to professors, and here's what they said. FIT was actually very useful. They had a, a number of uh, sessions with faculty to take them through the steps of using the various tools uh, on Blackboard. So what is Blackboard? Here's the explanatory comma. Blackboard is the online platform that state universities of New York use for professors and students to communicate with each other and distribute learning materials. In case you didn't know, FIT is a part of the SUNY system. Blackboard Collaborate is the video conferencing system we use for most of FIT's classes. The administration and tech department don't want professors using Zoom or Google Meets if they can help it for security reasons. One of the downsides about Blackboard Collaborate is that you can only see up to four people at a time depending on who opened their mic last. The people in the FIT online department, uh, Tamara and Jose, and there's another young lady whose name I can't remember, and Jeffrey Ryman, they they work very, very, very hard to uh, to get people up to speed. And, uh, you know, even we would help each other as faculty members. You know, we would sit in the offices and help each other about how do you use this? How do you do that? How do you, uh, yeah, you know, we listen to our own complaints, if you will. But by and large, everybody pulled together. And I, I think it's coming along. It's coming along. Something new for everyone. While it's understandable that some professors have taken time to become accustomed to online learning tools, there are also other barriers that students may not know about. Professor Valero explained that adjunct professors are more vulnerable to changes in teaching because their jobs are less stable and they have less resources. As something that the adjuncts complain is they have not, you know, some of them have, but um, FIT promised to provide material for adjuncts uh, in this new environment that it was required and, I, and and I'm not sure that how that is going but I heard from 
adjunct faculty that they are very they're using their own material, their own computers, their own everything. And 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 that that's not so much a matter of money, is that they have limitations, but sometimes they have computers that are old and they're not willing to buy new ones just for this situation. I personally, Mike, I had to go out and buy a new computer. I got so sick of the thing crashing, my old computer crashed, and I said, this is ridiculous. So I had to go out and buy a new computer. You wouldn't believe the things I heard from people. They would say, sit next to your modem. Well, my modem is in the same room as my furnace. So I actually conducted a class, and my furnace kept kicking on and off, and the students thought I was like in an airplane or something from what they were hearing. I don't blame the professors for being thrown into a different situation in the spring. And definitely my professors have upped their level of being in tune with the technology and remote learning this semester way more. And some professors, they're using like Spark Adobe websites, which I don't know if they always use it, but at least this semester, more professors of mine are using like online resources and visual aids. Whereas last semester, they're still trying to figure it out. And some professors, like they just didn't even have class at all. My Spanish professor, what he ended up doing is splitting our class into two sections so that we can have more small group sessions with him. So now it's like 10 students or maybe 15, less than 15 students per group. So in the first two hour shift of the class, it's like my group and then class ends in two hours and then the second group is later so we can all have more talking time and more interaction. I feel like that would have been key. Like my Spanish class, I have like my participation grade isn't always perfect, like, because I'm not constantly talking. Like, I can't constantly participate when there's 30, like, 30 people in my class. By the way, my very accommodating Spanish professor in this story is Professor Valero from before. For instance, when, when I were case in our course, right, I was I was trying to figure out how I make my students talk. And I said, well, I have, we have Padlets. They can record their voices. I know it's going to be perfect, but at least within the circumstances, it's the closest to to listening to them, pronunciation, diction. Padlet is one of Blackboard's online learning platforms that FIT uses where students can voice voice memos in for assignments and participation, among other functions. You can see what your peers post on there and respond to them, which has helped create a more student-led learning environment, despite being online. No, I definitely don't blame the professors, but I'm watching a lot of New Girl lately. I feel like Jess is such a, a caring teacher. And in my head, I'm just like, mm, I wish, like, I wish I just had, like, that right now. We wanted to reach out and give students a chance to let their voice be heard in terms of their experiences that they've had this fall. So um, as social media manager for W27, I posted a story um, encouraging students to reach out to us to either send us a short little paragraph or a voice memo, um, just talking about their experience. Um, Didn't matter the year, um, what major they were. So we got two responses and an audio recording So the first response we got was Louisa. She's a freshman and she says, as a freshman, it's been really weird to start college remotely. I haven't gotten to experience the campus during a semester before. It's tough to stay motivated when learning from home though. I've gotten used to Blackboard and Google Hangouts, so classes are less confusing than the first few weeks, but it's still difficult to feel connected with the teachers and classmates. I feel so bad for people like Louisa and other first year students because they don't know what college is like, and this is such a bitter introduction to it. 
I think it's really great that we have Louisa voicing her opinion here. And also Abigail who wrote an article for WQ7's Fall 2020 issue, which will be coming out before this episode. It just makes me feel so bad for them. But at the same time, I think they'll come out stronger from this experience. Definitely. I would be, I don't know how the freshmen are doing it because when I was, you know, getting ready to come to FIT and if, you know, it got cut off, like, the way everybody's did, I would probably be like super down in the dumps because I know how excited I was to like move to New York and, you know, study something that I love. My freshman years at FIT like formed me to who I am. Like if I hadn't gone through that, like I wouldn't be who I am now. My two months at FIT was pretty fun. One of the most exciting parts about being a freshman, you get to meet so many new people. And in my experience, at least, you have less on your plate than you would have otherwise in other years of college so you have some extra free time to just hang out with your friends some unstructured hours and meet more people do things you've never done from the comfort of your own home that's a lot harder louisa mentioned that screens are interrupting connecting in the learning environment and she isn't alone i don't know about how i feel about video when you have 28 students you know and you're trying to show slides it just doesn't work that's jerry forrestal he's a managing partner and head of consumer insights at mediacom a media agency based in New York City. This is his fourth year teaching at FIT as an adjunct professor. So the next student who submitted a response is Molly. She's a freshman um, in production management, and she says, I'm a freshman just finishing my first semester, and making friends has been the hardest part about remote learning for me. On Instagram, I see a lot of other freshmen going out to parties and hanging out with people without any masks on or social distancing. It just makes me mad seeing all my classmates doing this while I'm stuck in my dorm watching movies because I don't want people to die. Yeah, that one hits. I that's that's relatable, especially with Halloween. I don't know some people's I don't know. I had to disconnect myself from some people because the amount of stories they posted in crowded like basements was just disgusting. I'm sorry. I just can't. That's too much. I get like a small, very small gathering because I have two friends that I, and we still social distance. When I read that one, it made me so sad because like, I definitely feel like I'm in the same boat. Like I live with like my parents and they're both at risk and I have to see like my 90 year old grandma and like, she's at risk. And it's hard, especially in Ohio, too. I feel like people have been more lenient, but, like, on my social... Like, I've totally, like, changed my social media to just looking at, like, art or, like, inspiration pictures because I'm getting tired of watching people look like they live a more normal life than me. Sometimes, like, I feel stuck, but then other times, like, I feel, like, obviously, like, I'm making the right decisions and, like, I feel good in my space and my home and stuff. But, like, I think that's been so difficult to see so many people go to other normal colleges that they're back and they're partying and they're, like, living in their dorms. And it's bizarre. It's such a strange time. But, like, in my head, like, I know that all of these people who message us and, like, all of us who are struggling right now, like, there's so many of us in the same boat. I know we keep saying over and over again, but, like, we're all going to definitely come out stronger from this. And, I, and if you're narrowing your friend group because of all these people not making the same decisions as you are, I totally think that, like, that's okay right now. Well, I think it's also something that I've, I've learned over my years and years of experience is that the people that do that, if you consider them your friends, you need to find new friends. You know, if, if, you're, if you're looking at these people going partying and you're like, all of my friends are going partying, your friends aren't going partying. The assholes that you're acquainted with are going partying. 
Like, join a club. Join a podcast. Join W27. Join W27. Exactly. We're a friendly bunch. <laughs> we pay an experience and love. Yeah, you have a point, Ethan. I obviously don't think it's right to be partying in huge groups and basements and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think it's hard to make new friends and stuff. And when you're friends, maybe they're not but making the smartest decisions. It's hard to say, like, no, I'm just going to stop being friends with you. And I would be more lenient towards that, but I would definitely be upset with my friends if that was happening. And I also think it's not a matter of only character or moral values. It's also just the situations you're in. Like, if you have been isolated for super long and all your friends are going out, of course you're going to be tempted. So I, I don't think it's right, but I also don't want to be super harsh on these people. And some people, what they're doing is, like, I have a friend for her birthday. She rented an Airbnb in Brooklyn, and she made all her friends get a COVID negative test. And I think that's a smarter way of going about it. But I'm also, like, I would still be a little weary just because in the amount of time between, like, when they got the COVID test to when they're all going to be in an Airbnb together, something could have still happened in that amount of time. I feel like part of me in... I'm, like, low-key... I have like I feel envy sometimes when I see people going out to like parties and stuff and I'm not a party gal. I I just like to be out in the world. I I'm not like, you know, going to the club or whatever. But I just have so much anxiety about getting sick and getting my family sick that, you know, going, I went to get my eyes checked the other day and I, I got home. I'm like, nobody come near me. Like until, you know, I know I'm literally like staying in my room for like two weeks and wash my hands. I mean, I always wash my hands, but like frequently and that kind of thing. But I'm just envious that people can go out and not be worried about it. Like it makes me kind of mad that I can't feel that way. Not that I would go out if I wasn't anxious about it, but it's just envious that people can do that. I definitely grieved my old New York life for a minute, but um, I read this study that some people can't grasp the idea of grief or they can't, you know, grasp the full breadth of like what a pandemic is. And like, I, I definitely try not to hate on people, but it definitely makes me like upset. But like, if you've never experienced death before, or it, it's like until it happens to you type of thing. I had to like stop and like take in my surroundings, like go to the park and paint, romanticize my life, as you guys know, and like stop thinking about that because that's just not, that might not be where we're meant to be right now and like that's okay. But like, this is what my mom tells me and it's so comforting. Like we still have our whole lives ahead of us and like when this is over in my head, I feel like it's just gonna be like the roaring 20s and like we're all gonna be so joyous and like joining together in community and stuff and that's something i've been looking forward to roaring because of the protests correct <gasps> the other submission we got was a voice memo from mariah who's a textile design major and she's a sophomore to me the uh, hardest part of doing online learning is just being away from the classroom. Um, as a textile design student, a lot of our work is very hands-on. And for some of my classes, like weaving or screen printing, we use a lot of equipment in the rooms there at FIT. So it's really hard now that we're home to get to have that same experience with screen printing and weaving. 
Like for weaving, they sent us tiny looms, but they're only four harnesses and we're actually supposed to be working on eight harnesses. So it's a little bit different experience than like what other students in the past have gotten. One thing that's kind of weird about being online is that any student can be anywhere and be in class. I am in Iowa currently for all of my online classes, so I am an hour behind uh, East Central time, which is kind of weird sometimes because I forget about it. I'll see like, oh, okay, we're having a meeting at this time, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's an hour ahead. Gotta remember that. Another thing that can be hard is sometimes professors forget that we're in a different time zone or like that we're in a completely different area. And so we don't have access to the same things. Like with finding art supplies, I don't have a whole lot of options around here. There's not a blick for like three hours of a drive. And so if I need an art supply, I have to be thinking ahead and ordering or just take the time to go drive somewhere for a ways to get the right supplies I need. Whereas a lot of professors are like, oh, if you run out of this, you can just go get this from Blick or something. And I'm like, ah, if I need more of this paint, I, it's going to take me a little bit longer than that. So I need a little bit more time just to gather all my supplies. And that's just crazy to even have to consider because when you're in New York, you could walk like four blocks away from FIT's campus and there was Blick and they had everything. And if they didn't have it, there was a Blick like half a mile away from FIT that was bigger and it had more supplies. I feel like with being online, it seems to me that professors, especially for like gen ed classes, seem to give students more homework. Um, maybe that's just the professors I have, but compared to like the gen ed classes I've had in the past, I feel like I'm getting a lot more assignments. There are some days where my professor is giving me like three assignments just in one class. And I feel like that's a bit excessive, especially since um, I'm already getting a lot of artwork that I need to complete. And for artwork, you usually end up having to spend quite a few hours. You never really know how long it's going to take you. So I feel like that's something I wish that more professors understood that we have more than just their class to take. And yeah, we're at home, but we still are taking classes and we may even still be working a job. So they still need to take into consider it that we are doing other things besides their class and that we need to have time to be able to do these other things. I feel like with my online classes that my major related classes, I my professors tend to be a lot more aware of how much time it takes us for real for us to really get that work done. And they seem to be really observant of other students and like their whole class, how they're feeling and kind of like what their stress level is. My professors have all been really great about like if there's been something happening in their lives that's been crazy or if they know it's just been a really crazy time, they tend to help us with our assignments and maybe even give us a little bit more time, which I find very helpful. Um, I also feel that my major classes, the students in them are actually a lot more open to like turning on their camera and talking during class, which makes it a lot better experience than just sitting and staring at just your professor. It makes it feel more like you are actually in a classroom instead of just like watching the Netflix special of your professor. <laughs> 
which I think is really great. And I wish I wish more students in my other classes would turn on their camera. I know some professors do require it. Um, others don't. And I feel like the ones that don't are missing out because I feel like the students that don't turn on their cameras. Yeah, I, I get it. Sometimes I don't want to turn on mine either. But sometimes I feel like you just kind of check out if you're not on camera. If you know you're being watched, <laughs> I feel like you're going to pay attention more. I think that's something that uh, another reason why professors are requiring it. One other thing I noticed with being a design student that's kind of different is um, for like my painting class I have, usually most of the time we have, we meet two times a week for three hours each time. So we have six hours a week total, but most of that time is spent working in class. And so I find that a lot of my professors now are using like that whole time to lecture which can be a little crazy. Some are not doing that. Um, some will have us like meet up at the beginning of class and we'll discuss what we need to work on today in class, which I really like when we do that. And then we get to go work on our own and we just hang up the call. Like they checked in with us. We're all good. I love when they do that. Um, we also have some professors that they'll have us stay on the call once they explain what we need to do. And then we'll work while we're still on the call, which is also nice because then you can ask them questions if you run into anything while you're working. So it's really interesting to see how each professor kind of does the work a little bit differently and how they lay out how we're going to do everything. One thing that I found stuck with me from her experience is how professors may not realize where you live, that you may not have access to materials that you need for class as easily as you would if you're in New York City. I think for them to expect you to have access to it if you're going to FIT is more reasonable when you're in person because you, you know, you can get the supplies before or after class if you need to. But now she may have to drive so far and plan really ahead of time. Whereas another student who lives in a more like metropolitan area, they're just like better off in that way. And that's kind of unfair, I think. Yeah, definitely. I said it would be absolutely ridiculous if a professor wasn't more lenient for that. I had like measurements that I had to go do for this store that I was like doing a project on in New York City. And I was like, I'm in Ohio. I'm not going to have accurate measurements of this garment because like I just can't have that right now. I can't just like strut into the store in Soho and like go ahead and do this. Yeah, I definitely art students. I have to give them a round of applause for what they're doing right now, because as a business student, like I'm. I feel like I can't even. So, you know, doing the hands-on stuff and, you know, some people's homes aren't made for doing studio work and like lack of resources and that kind of thing. It's, it's super, I know it's like hard for them, but um, their grind is unbelievable. Was, was it the, the recordings we were just listening to that mentioned that someone sent them um, like a weaving basket or I, I have no idea what these things are. Oh, so I took a weaving class. So she was saying how, one of her struggles was in class, when you have a weaving loom, you can do much more complicated patterns on it. And it's like stuck in the ground or it's super heavy, so you can't pick it up. And th so that would be where weaving students go to do their projects. But now her learning experience is actually being harmed because she has to make more simple designs on the looms that they mail to them, which are like maybe like 12 by 14. And then you're losing the experience of doing advanced weaving techniques that are probably essential for your major and your career. And they have to do it on a computer on a software as well. And what if your computer is not well equipped to handle that software? 
Yeah, that's the thing about like all the all the people saying, "Oh, you can just you get the free Adobe Suite on your on your computer. You can just run it wherever you want." Like I've I've got a beast of a computer, like an absolute monster. I still struggle rendering some things. Like I I can't imagine the people that are going off of like a, a three hundred dollar MacBook, and they're trying to do all these complicated renders and they're trying to do all, all like. Well, especially for the people that are doing CAD and all the 3D stuff. If, you're, if your computer is a $300 MacBook, it can take you days to just render out like a basic project. I'm on Blackboard for like one hour and my computer sounds like an airplane, so. Yeah, I feel like that's what, what she was saying, like people turn their cameras on Blackboard Collaborate. I can't even turn my camera on because my computer like puts out. Like for some reason, like my, it just doesn't work. And I get like participation points taken off. I don't have my camera on. Like you can't even, like the software is so strange that like my computer shuts down. They should have allowed them like some access to like that that giant weaving room or whatever that is that 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 like bottom basement floor but that just was like sort of kind of makes me sad honestly if i was an art major i would have dropped out and like went on my own <laughs> even if you do have access to the studio she's in iowa so it's not like you can go there quickly and and the other thing she was saying was she was saying how professors in her major are actually more understanding which i think to a degree is like applies for me too and the general education professors, I feel like they're more unaware of people's situations and they don't realize students of other classes or how many other classes they're juggling at once. My English professor is actually super lenient compared to my other gen ed professors. What she does is she pulls quotes from the readings that are harder and she pulls the most important quotes and puts them on her Spark Adobe website. So even if you don't understand the reading, you can always reference to that. That's really kind. I don't even know what Spark Adobe is. Like, I don't... I've never used that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a website. It, it's how FIT professors make their websites and make their content accessible to students. One of the professors that I have that uses a Spark Adobe website is Professor Valero. Here he is again. I'm in clo close contact with, with the IT office, uh, and they encourage especially to use it on, on, on online courses, right? And I use it. I, I have an online course in, on the Mexican Revolution that is totally done in Spark and Padlet, basically. But it takes a lot of work. It's not really perfect. The administration, I think, is promoting now. Last semester in the spring, at the very beginning of the remote, they start throwing all these, you know, workshops on Spark and Padlet and VoiceThread and so on. And, and I think the faculty was forced to do it. It wasn't even an option. That's what happened with the phenomenon of going remote. Many faculty that never really care about integrating these devices to their classes suddenly feel constrained to do it. They have no choice. You do it or you do it. Now everybody becomes an expert in Padlet. You are using, they are using it for everything because it's great. They, they, they really discover, oh, what is the difference between showing on the screen in, the, in our classroom or showing the screen in a remote? No, none. Padlet has its ups and downs because of, it's a lot of work for the instructor because you have to read all these posts. But I find them really more enticing than reading, you know, dry information in a Dropbox. And also I, I defend Padlet greatly because the sense of peer work, the students are seeing what other students are doing. They, they, they see it right away. And that's what I always give them a model, choose a suggestion, and they, they fly from that. I love that. While Mariah is one hour behind Eastern Standard Time, one of Professor Valero's students from a Spanish conversation class is 12 hours ahead in Japan. That if students are in India or in Japan, so it's three o'clock in the morning there and here we are in the class, you know. And so 
I am I'm trying to understand. Some instructors were adamant and said, you know what, you don't take the class taken in a semester, whatever you, whenever you can. That's not my spirit. I said, okay, let's do this. If we are in a conversation class or with that student, I meet every two weeks for an hour just with her and we talk and when she go follows the conversation so she knows she has to do the pathless, she's doing it. Even though some professors make exceptions for students in vastly different time zones, it's not always easy with classes that require you to participate in breakout groups and live sessions. All I, all I ask is when we go to the breakout groups, and that's really why I think the breakout groups is a terrific feature. When we go to the breakout groups with just three or four people, then I ask people, or I hope they would turn on their cameras. So it's not a matter of everybody in the room is seeing you where you are. So now it's just the group you are dealing with. Going to what you were saying about you can't turn on your camera sometimes, or I don't know if it's all the time, and then you get participation points off. Do you guys think it's okay for a professor to say you must have your camera on at all times. Absolutely not. Yes. I don't agree. Oh boy. Sorry, Ethan. <laughs> Ethan, I'd love to hear what you have to say. This is the biggest pet peeve I have with online learning. In my limited experience with people at FIT, I feel like people at FIT are already super clicky and shy outside of their friend groups. And I think having the ability to shut your, your face off from the rest of the world during class just kind of, it, it, it makes that situation worse. I've had people, the, their cameras are off, they're not even talking, there's no accountability. They, they were driving in their car while we were supposed to be doing a group project, and they're like, oh, sorry, I had my camera off because I was driving. I hate it. There's, there's no accountability. People are already shy enough at FIT, and then you, just, you increase the ability to be shy. It, it doesn't help. It just makes it worse. I do understand where you're coming from, but the thing is, is like with Blackboard Collaborate, Especially since I know a few people too, it's like Josh is me, like it just, my computer shuts down when I turn on my camera. I don't know if she says like a lot of Wi-Fi and like willpower, but since a lot of people are also on my Wi-Fi, like it, my camera sometimes just doesn't, doesn't work. But with Blackboard Collaborate, you can only see like one person at a time. But if I was on Zoom, I think I would have a different opinion. Like I would totally have my camera on like all the time. But I feel like the thing is, um, now some days like I have a really hard time paying attention to class or I'm honestly like dealing with a family thing or something where like I can't just like sit in front of my computer or like I don't want someone to be looking at me like drawing or something during classes I have such a hard time like paying attention to like how I'm being taught but then we go back to the the same point I was making the ability to turn your camera off allows you to be able to draw during class and allows you to be able to do all those things and that distract you well, it actually helps me focus more the way I learn. If I'm not multitasking, I fall asleep. I've definitely almost fallen asleep on the couch. I don't know. It feels more personal to turn on your camera. And I, I'll turn on my camera just because, like, I want the professors to see my face and, like, know me, um, like, you know, recognize me. Um, that's just a thing for me. And, you know, in Blackboard, you can only see, like, one or four faces at a time. So sometimes like what's really the point. But at the same time, sometimes I'll keep my camera on so that I'm paying attention because sometimes classes can, I can get easily distracted during classes and I'll end up doing something else. So I know like if I'm on camera, I can't be, you know, making an egg or something. But um, at the same time, it being a requirement to turn on the cameras, I don't know if I agree with that because, you know, some people 
are in different living situations. They have different things going on in the background. Um, you know, they may not have like something with a camera that's, you know, great or not at all, or it doesn't work, that kind of thing. So I think it has a requirement, maybe not. Um, I think people should definitely encourage, you know, camera usage just so you can, you know, see a face. But I, I, and all I think, you know, it should really be up to the student or the user, I guess. So on that topic, do you think that maybe we should have people giving like uh, forms saying, hey, I have terrible Wi-Fi, I can't turn my camera on. Hey, I'm living in, in one single room and there's five other people in this room with me, I can't turn on my camera. Because um, I would take that, I understand, you know, I, I, I'm living in a one-room apartment with, with my dad right now and he's sitting behind me doing his work the entire time. Someone Sometimes like, I have to turn my mic and my camera off because he's got meetings and I, I can't be showing some of that stuff. So I, I get that, but I, I think what I'm going more towards is, is the people that don't have those restrictions, they just want to disconnect as much as possible. Uh, I don't know if like a form would be necessary, but I I hope that people that can't turn on their cameras, they're at least able to email their professors and say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't participate visually. Or even sometimes audio people can't participate because their internet connection isn't good enough. But what they do is they'll put their comments in the chat on Blackboard. I think that's a good idea. And then the professor, one professor of mine, she'll read aloud what the people have to say because she herself has gone through different Wi-Fi situations in the pandemic. And she said it humbled her to have gone through bad Wi-Fi. And then she said, you know what, guys? I'm going to make this final project optional because I realize how bad it is to have sucky Wi-Fi. So we need to shut off the world's Wi-Fi for a week and then we'll come back to classes and see what happens. Yeah, and with Blackboard Collaborate, like most of the time, my professors have a PowerPoint on. So like the PowerPoint takes up most of the screen. And then the bottom right corner, not even an inch big, I feel like, is their face. And most of the time, I can't even, if someone has their camera on, it's so blurry, I can't even see what's going on. I remember like one time I was using my, a different computer because uh, my mom was using mine. So I was using not the laptop that I normally do and I didn't have my camera on because the camera on that laptop didn't work. My professor, even though in Blackboard, you can only see the four faces or the one depending on what you're doing. And I didn't have my camera on and then I had low bandwidth. So my audio was, you know, super whacked up and he called on me and I was typing in the chat. I was like, oh, my audio and video are messed up today. And he was like, well, that's ridiculous. This and that and this. And I'm like, I participate in every other class. And I'm like, it's just for this week, like this one class. And he's like, that's ridiculous. I do prefer classes that have more people with cameras on because it makes it more interactive. And some classes of mine are on Google Meets instead because there were a lot of issues with Blackbird Collaborates video. And it's cool on Google Meets because you can see everyone. And then the professor can even see people nodding their head and not have to turn on their mic. So that helps too. I don't appreciate how Blackboard, you can only see four people. But at the same time, sometimes it's convenient because, you know, I'm eating. And I don't want to show my face while I'm eating. When the professor also creates an energy in this digital classroom that encourages people to turn on their cameras in a non-penalty related way, like I'm going to take off points from your participation then more students start on their cameras, I feel like, than if they say, I'm, you know, your grade matters for this. Professor Valero also had some thoughts on requiring students to turn on their cameras. The camera policy, for instance, they told us 24 hours before the beginning of the semester what should be the camera policy. And they were really that, that clear, like, I don't want to sound uh, uh, very critical. It's just, uh, I guess the administration was also confronting a moment that was totally unprecedented. Uh, 
precedent for them. So they, they were trying to figure out how to move forward. I think they were very lenient in a way, that more like a negotiation with the students. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't remember, but they, they never suggest anything like, you know, uh, reflecting that on your, the student's grade or things like that. You know, it's a some, but uh, if you are in a language, I have to see you talking. It's part of the, it's part of the, the communicating process. And the, the camera policy was arriving and arriving very late and, and, and also in a very, you know, lenient ways, which I think it was fine. They would pre- pre- basically telling the sort of you do your, your responsibility. And I think that they were fair in that sense. You do what you think is right to do. So the FIT administration was pretty last minute in instructing professors on what their camera policy should be. But Professor Valero ultimately commended the policy's leniency. In order to fight the boredom, here's what Professor Forrestal suggests. You have got to be active listeners, active learners. You can't have class where it's like watching TV, like Jerry, or you know, some commentator on TV for two two hours, right? And and not really saying anything, not asking anything, not typing anything. It's like you, you've got to find ways to fight the boredom ask more questions, interact on chat, raise your hand, stand up, walk around the room if you can. I think the more active you are, the more focused you'll stay. And you know, you ought to think about coming to class with questions. And it's really just to make, it's just to increase interaction. Because honestly, I mean, no one wants to sit there and listen to a lecture for two hours. What suggestions do you guys have for professors to improve upon remote learning? Um, be more kind and lenient. But I think that we should also answer this question. Um, I know I just talked about it for a second. But like, uh, Or if you had a choice to be a for spring 2020, would you go back? Or like, what do you guys think about the spring? I'm just such a nervous person. And I would, and I want to. I, yes, yes. <laughs> I would say yes too. I, I don't feel comfortable going back. See, the thing is, I'm graduating in May. I literally, you guys, also I'd like to add, on election day, FIT made me schedule my classes at 9 a.m. It was, and I had to apply for graduation. It was such an emotional day. Like, I, like, who schedules classes on election day? Like, I had one professor who canceled class, which was so kind, so I could go out and vote. I don't think I'm going to live in New York City when I graduate. So that's the hard part is I think I'm going to move out west or something. Like I've always wanted to live out there like in California or somewhere in New England or something. So even if classes are all online for spring, I might go back and live in New York City for just a few months because I don't know. I'm just thinking about all these people who are also graduating and it's just like it. it I don't know. It kind of makes me sad. Even if I have to go in for one class, I would totally go in. I don't know. It's kind of okay because when, hmm, yeah, I can't form a sentence right now. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, I would go back. I mean, having having been living in New York City for for this basically the entire pandemic, um, I think that we've gotten to a point where everybody has the system that they're kind of adapted to. Um, everybody knows to wear a mask inside. Everybody knows to stay away from each other if, if you're in close quarters. I, I feel a lot safer, at least having been here and seeing how people react to each other and how and how the city's adapted to it. Um, I know like people like Charlotte in Ohio. You know, you you haven't been here and you haven't seen anything and you haven't been able to to, to figure out how people are actually reacting because the news sucks. I just let me let me just put this out there. The way the news is reporting on New York City during this pandemic 
is abysmal. They haven't been right at all. They're focusing on the tourist areas and they're not focusing on the residential areas. It might sound like we students were dragging down remote learning, but there are some benefits. Reduced commute times, not having to get dressed for class, and no rent for some of us. And our professors are adjusting too. Especially because the way FIT designed the schedules, like we have four hours of class in a conversation class with 25 students can be in real in a classroom. It's very challenging already. Four months sometimes can be really tiresome, that exhausted, that will be exhausting from the instructor who has to be 100% doing four out three and a half hours there. The administration sent us as professors as instructors a very clear uh, guidelines of how to conduct our classes, and they allow us to reduce in the remote environment effective time contact class with students to the half of the time. But you have to replace the other part with work. So it's, it's almost normal to throw it on the students. Rather than resisting changes, uh, I think a good way in these moments is to embrace them I mean, in a good way and say, okay, this is what we have now. Strong students who contribute and put together good work they benefit everyone because everyone learns from that. Everyone feeds off of that. So for me, it's like, don't be a loafer. I think the balance for me is when you're speaking, turn your video on. But I also don't want to force people to do something they're uncomfortable with when we're all still getting used to this stuff. You know, a class is nothing more than a sharing of information. It's the teacher sharing what they know with the student. But then it works on the other, the other way around, students sharing what they know with the teachers. And all, that also helps the other students. So the more students that are engaged in discussions and chat rooms and what have you, a better exchange of information is happening here. So that is the thing I think all, t all teachers want, and I think would, would tell you the same thing. I would, I would suggest to students, if they are going through, you know, any bad patches at this time in their lives, do it, you know, do it to school or family or whatever it is. Let your teachers know. Let us know. I, I have had emails from students and there's going through various crises and stuff. In fact, you know, I get emails from students this time around that I rarely, if ever, got in the normal uh, course of events in the normal environment. So once somebody knows, once the teacher, the instructor knows, or the school knows, we can make accommodations. We can say, oh, okay, I, now, I, now I understand why you, know, you haven't been participating or whatever it might be. But just let us know. And you know, we're human, we're human beings too. We go, we go through the same anxieties the students do as well. As students, we're struggling, but we're learning too. So are professors. We're all adapting to the new virtual classroom environment. As of the interviews and recording of this episode, our fate for spring 2021 was still up in the air, but the administration has now confirmed that we're having classes online again. Remote learning is here to stay for the unforeseeable future, and the more we embrace it and talk about it, the more we can improve the situation. This episode of the TFFIT was produced and reported on by me, Perna Chowdhury, and Ethan Sawyer, with reporting assistance from Lonnie Brown. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are edited by Perna Chowdhury and Ethan Sawyer. Our cover art is by Jenny Keating, and our theme music is by MYSM from Thematic. If you felt like you connected to or learned something from this podcast, please email us at w27underscorenewspaper at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at w27newspaper. If you want your professors to hear this, you can even send it to them. 
The Tea of FIT is a new podcast, so please help us out by sending this to your friends and family and rating us in the Apple Podcasts app. And keep an eye out for W27's newspaper issue for fall of 2020, which will be released before this episode. Everything we just mentioned will be in the show notes. We'll see you next month with a fresh brewed cup of tea with topics like this. I'm Prerna. I'm Lonnie. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Ethan. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep spilling the tea. Yeah! Yeah. Stop recording.